Hello everyone and welcome to Fight FM. My name is Brett Cole and alongside me as always is our IT and podcast guru, Lachlan Colthart. Lock, how are we? Pretty good, Brett. How about yourself? Well, it couldn't be better after today, Wog. Obviously, we're recording this on a Wednesday, so it's nice to be out of a five-day lockdown. Uh, so, yeah, happy days. Mm, well, it's amazing. Uh, a lot can change in, in well, 24, 24 hours, let alone a couple of days. Last week, we were previewing matches for the weekend. They all got canned, um, except for the ladies. So, yeah, a lot can definitely happen with these uh, circuit breakers, as they're calling them. Yes, and uh, let's hope we don't have to have another circuit breaker uh, ever again. We're hoping. Anyway, that's that's another topic altogether. Now, as you mentioned, Bog, uh, coming up on the show tonight, do a review of the ladies' match last week uh, because there was nothing else. We will give you some information around the club. Uh, we've got a very, very special guest, Bog. I'm looking forward to that one. Mm. And then do a bit of FUD watch because there was someone that was playing uh, cricket last weekend that has a tie with Luckwood. We'll, we'll come to that uh, a little bit later. And um, anything else that we can think of, uh, a preview, and anything else we can think of. So anyway, Wog, uh, we always start the show by thanking a couple of individuals. Yes, of so course. you roll with that. Of course, Tan Watson, Neville Cooper, wonderful individuals, true clubmen, if anything. Thank you very much for your contributions to this podcast. Gentlemen, the music and the graphics shape Fight FM for what they are today. And uh they're absolutely integral to making the podcast what it is. So thank you very much. If you need any graphics works done, please get in contact with Tane Watson. We can happily point you in his direction or even Neville Cooper if you need a little cheeky beat. Uh, he's the man to go to. So uh, thank you very much to you too. Yeah. Good call, Wog. All right, Wog. Now, what's coming up around the club? Now, we've got some things that I'll need to share with you from a CDCA perspective and also a club perspective. Now, obviously, the games last week, for those that, uh, living under a rock, um, all games had to be cancelled last week due to the aforementioned circuit breaker. Um, so all teams that were fixtured to play received half points and any team that had a bye uh, didn't receive any. So that was A-grade. So it was good and bad for A-grade. We'll discuss the permutation of that uh, a little bit later. Um, so, yes, we uh, basically had a provision... Basically, if, if this lockdown was going to continue, it would just be basically match abandoned, a la a washout or a heat abandonment. abandonment. Um, but with the possibility of maybe uh, tweaking the finals. But hopefully it doesn't get to that point because I think everyone is over playing lockdown in their own house. I think five, best part of five months last year, I did it for everyone. So hopefully we don't get to that point. Uh, the CDCA presentation night it is on the 10th of March, which is a Wednesday. Now, this is uh, – we, we are looking into a venue. I think we were looking at the Harcourt Leisure Centre this year purely because of the uh, the space. The Camp Reserve, unfortunately, can hold 100, but I think X amount had to be inside and X amount had to be outside, so hence why we're looking there. So – Stay tuned with that. We need three people from every grade, including the girls. So, Chris Kozigov, if you're listening to this, we need a couple of girls. So I'm going to put it on you to try and rustle a few up, so because the girls do have uh, an award this year. So hopefully one of our girls uh, will win that. So, yes, please, um, as I said, we need three from every grade. So that's a non-negotiable because club will get penalised if, if they don't supply that amount. Yeah, hopefully that goes ahead. 
so that's about it from the CDCA point of view, Log. Uh, from a Mucklewood point of view, now we've announced our junior presentation day, which will be on Sunday, February 26th. So that's a Sunday uh, oh, it's a Sunday of the second day of the semi-final for C-grade. Now, we're very hopeful that our Muckleford team will be involved in that. So hence why we decided to have it on that particular day and obviously for COVID reasons. We're doing a barbecue lunch, so some sausages and bread. Uh, it'll be a cost of, uh, I think, $5 per person starting at 12.30 p.m. out at Maps and Timmins Oval. So pump that up on the socials uh, soon enough. And we'll, um, yeah, we'd love to see all the juniors turn up because I'm hoping all the juniors will get a memento to take home. I'm just, yes, uh, I still need a little bit bit of help with that uh, from uh, from certain coaches. So that's that. Now the senior presentation, Wog. We are uh, how long? Ninety nine percent locking this in as Saturday, twentieth of March at. We're hoping the um, South Mucklewood Hall, which is obviously Nats and Timmins Oval, that little hall just over the back there. Um, again, we're going to do something similar that we did last year. I think we had like roast beef and pork and some salads um, at $10 per person. Um, that will be RSVP, so you must RSVP if you intend on coming because we'll be only catering for people who do RSVP. If you don't, well, you may or may not get fed, but anyone that does will definitely get fed. So if you get RSVP that to Lisa, again, we'll pump that up on our socials as well, um, which would be greatly appreciated if you could just attend to that in RSVP because yeah, it helps with catering purposes um, from a food perspective because obviously we don't want to have a waste of food. Um, now, as I said, that is 99% locked in. I say that because A-grade potentially, if they get through to the grand finals, now A-grade grand finals are best of three. So I'll quickly just run you through the format swag for the finals. So C-grade's two-day, finishes on the, the grand finals on the long weekend. So they finish a week earlier than the senior men's. The girls' crickets are on the Friday night before the senior men's. So I think that's the 12th of um, March on the Friday night. Unfortunately, our girls aren't going to be involved in that, so that have to worry about that too much. The B grade is this, the long weekend and the following week, just a Saturday only. So it's one versus four, two versus three. Winners go through to the second week. The A reserve is a little bit different to B grade. Uh, they play on the Saturday the 6th, I think it is, Sunday the 6th, and Saturday the 13th. I'm only roughly those dates. I think I'm not too bad, though. Now, 1v2 and 3v4 on the Saturday, the loser of the 3v4 gets unlimited. The loser of 1v2 goes through to the Sunday preliminary final where they'll play the winner of three versus four, and the winner of that will play the winner of the 1v2 game on the Saturday, the following Saturday on the 13th. Now, A grade's the same as A reserve, but with a little bit more. So instead of just a one-off grand final, there's a best of three grand finals. So Saturday the 13th, Sunday the 14th, Saturday the 20th, if required. And there is also a backup day in case of weather, whether it be rain, uh, heat, or even if we ever get to that point, a circuit. we need another circuit breaker due to COVID. So there is that potential of having to play that sec Sunday the 21st if it is required. So hence why we're 99% locked in 
presentation night on the 20th of March, but that may change uh, if <laughs> we may need that Sunday. Hopefully we don't. Um, hopefully A-Grey can get in there and knock them over that first week. But a lot to happen, a lot of water to go under the bridge before that happens. But main points out of that, presentations for juniors on the 26th of Feb on Sunday at Maps and Timmins and Saturday the 20th of March for the senior men's and ladies at Mapson and Timmins uh, Oval in the hall uh, on the Saturday night starting from about 7 o'clock. So I think I've covered everything, Wog. Uh, I said I'll put that all on the socials. So that's about that. All right. So, Wog, I'll let you take away with the review of last week's uh, game that actually did go ahead. Yeah. So um, as, Brett, as Brett alluded to before, if you've been... If you haven't been living under, we've been living under a rock. You would know that the um, games got cancelled last weekend due to COVID, uh, the circuit breaker. So we only got one game in on the Friday evening prior to the circuit breaker starting. So that was the females match, uh, the ladies. The ladies played Guildford out at Mapson and Timmins Oval. Guildford won the toss and sent Muckleford in to have a bat, and Muckleford put together six for ninety-seven off of their twenty overs, which is a very recently competitive score. The girls did well there. Top scores for the ladies: uh, Beth. Cahill got 24, uh, Bridget got the 15, uh, Lauren Cosgriff, or as we like to call it, a better Cosgriff, 14, and Cass Patton, 17. So reasonably competitive school. The girls would have been happy at, uh, with that after the 20 overs, Brett. Well, I was re- relatively happy. I thought 100 might have, uh, might have been uh, maybe not a nut, uh, too many, but I thought it was going to put us in with a fair show. Mm, indeed. Um, unfortunately, that proved not to be the case as uh, Guildford went on somewhat of a bit of a rampage and uh, got uh, none for 158 off of their 20 overs, which doesn't make the bowling that much uh, that pretty to read, Brett, uh, with no wicket takers. But the uh, most most, econ- most economical that I can see there is probably Beth with uh, none for six off of her three overs. Um, so not a good not a good night at the office by the sounds for the ladies. Oh, look, they tried hard, Wog. Uh, didn't get, I think they only had one chance in the field to take a wicket. So, yeah, look, we're one short. We only played with nine. And we also had Cass's daughter, Abby, play her first game of cricket. So Cass is actually fortunate enough to bat with her daughter. So, I mean, having experienced father-son uh, batting with your father, Wog, which I know that you have as well, it's, yep. a, it's a cherished moment. You probably don't value it at the time when you're, when you're a young fella, but you certainly do when you get a bit older. And if, I guess if you get fortunate enough to do it the same. So Cass was extremely happy with that. But, um, yeah, look, fair to say some of the girls for Guildford Wog bat better than their partners. Because a lot of their a lot of their girls that play for Guildford are partners of Guildford cricketers. And certainly one in particular, uh, Matt Manning's wife, Alex, okay. uh, she creams them. Absolutely yeah. creams them. She would... She wouldn't look out of place in B-grade walks. So, yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah, they were way too good uh, for their first year. They've got some very, very handy uh, batsmen. Their bowling, I think we bowl a lot better than them, Wog. A uh, bit easier to hit when the ball's on the wicket, <laughs> which we do, uh, which they may not have or they might have yeah, no pace. I think we've got to change our ball, though, Wog, because we use a ball that bounces too much and just skids off the grounds and... A lot of the other teams' balls don't do that. So we're going to have to change our ball, I think, mm. um, to something that doesn't bounce as much. <laughs> mm. But, uh, no, look, our girls, they try hard, but we are on the lookout for some girls for next year. There is no doubt about that because, yeah, we, we only play with nine and it's very difficult to feel with not one short. 
yeah, at the best of times. So, girls, uh, start getting recruiting for next year because yeah, we uh, just need to have a couple of those extra ones. But big thank you to the Guildford guys that were there. They had a tremendous support staff. So, girls, have got one more game. It'd be nice if we can uh, get some support for that um, just to show that they are valued and uh, appreciated within our club. Absolutely. Uh, on that note, Brett, that is the end of uh, probably our briefest review of the season. Yeah, oh, look, uh, but I reserve look good on paper. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so these things happen. Now, Wog, uh, as I mentioned before, we've got a very special guest coming up on the show. Uh, do you want to give out a little teaser as to who this special guest might be? Certainly can. Uh, so I've got the stats in front of me here for this individual. They're my cricket stats. 147 career matches. 1,169 runs at a batting average of 11.13 with a top score of 60. took me a while to find this said 60, but I did indeed find it. 77 wickets with a bowling average of 22.22. So very uh, much the two numbers there is a la Richie Benno. Uh, RIP, great man. Um, and best bowling of four for 13. By the looks of this, Brett, I think this individual has been around for a while. Certainly has because there'd be some stats of theirs. That won't appear on my cricket. So that might even give a little bit more of indication mm. of how long this person has been around. Indeed. Anyway, Wog, we might take a very short break and hear from our very wonderful sponsor. Are you looking to light up your house? Give Lachlan a call at Ambient Lighting and Electrical on 0438 752 or you can uh, visit his website on ambientlighting.com.au. He'll set the right ambience for you. Welcome back to Photo FM, everyone, and a big thank you to our sponsor in Ambient Lighting. And and next year, I think, uh, like, we'll uh, look at um, trying to get a couple more sponsors on board. Anyway, moving right along now, as I've just mentioned before the break walk, we have a very, very special guest, and one that I've been has been on my radar for quite some time now. I was meant to do a bit of homework prior, and... Of course, uh, you know, just didn't quite get around to that, would you believe? But anyway, I'm looking forward to this vlog. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, joining us on the line is the one, the only Jack Barker. Jack, welcome to Fud FM. Yeah, g'day, gents. G'day, Brett uh, Lachlan. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Nah, our pleasure, Jack. Now, first of all, for all the, for the listeners that uh, don't know who you actually are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you actually arrived at the club because probably a lot of people don't know, you actually didn't start your cricketing career at Muckleford. Certainly didn't, Brett. Uh, you must have dug back a fair way for that while you were around there. Yeah, I actually um, played, must have played like one season at Newstead. So when I was, I don't know how old, maybe eight or nine or how old when you played cricket. But um I was mates with, uh, I went to Newstead Primary, I was mates with like uh, Josh Barker and Liam Bright and those boys. And um, yeah, went around to uh, training. I must have hated, I must have been too small. Don't think I even batted or bowled, just sort of fielded one year. And then I think the next year, I don't know whether I moved to, we changed schools to Winners Flat. And that was the reason I moved to Muckleford, but something happened. Um, <laughs> And end up having to like sign a clearance as like a nine-year-old kid. Um, I remember Stewie Dunn having to sign my clearance as the T-grade coach at the time. I had to give like a reason about wanting to uh, wanting to move. So yeah, that's how I came to Muckleford anyway. 
Now, just on that, you are one of the very few people that actually uh, lived in Muckleford uh, growing up as a, as a kid. Not, not so much these days, but uh, one of very few. Yeah, mate. Yeah, when I think uh, I started playing for the club, there was only a handful. There was a bit, the club was a little bit bigger then. I want to hazard a guess, but um, yeah, just lived down off uh, in South Muckleford, not far from the uh, maps in Timmins Oval. So grew up there, and that was um, one of the reasons I think why I moved from Newstead to uh, to Muckleford. It was just up the road. And I don't think you've regretted your decision ever since. I don't reckon. Well, I have to play with you a lot, so yeah, I don't know. I'd have to wait up. <laughs> yeah, fair call. Cool. Could have had a lot more fun at Newstead. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Could have played with Brad Hodge. <laughs> oh. Now, better getting him out. That's it. Now, JB, uh, you don't live in Castlemaine or Mucklewood or Castlemaine these days. Uh, where do we find you these days, and, and what do we do for a crust? Mel- I live in Melbourne, Brett, as. Uh, as you know, so I moved up for uni. When I went to uni, I played, I think I tried to play a couple more years at Muckleford, but the the commute was sort of getting to me and, and all that. And I was a young guy at uni, so I probably didn't have too much time on my hands. So I moved up to Melbourne. I played a couple of years at Maribyrnong Park, St Mary's, in the sort of uh, nor- northern suburb uh, suburbs. That was a bit rough. I gave that up after a little bit because it was like fights every second week. Like, it was pretty rough. It was like Roxborough Park and that. And like, there was people like coming out of jail to play and stuff. I don't know. It was a bit rough for mine. Yeah. yeah, so I gave that up. And then uh, we're just working in... Been working in Melbourne, mate. Um, uh, involved in hospitality. And, and now I'm working as a liquor buyer for a, a large liquor and food wholesaler called Bit Food, who in like 26 countries around the world. So, um, yeah, I just sit down and uh, buy alcohol all day. So it's a dream job, really, Battle. Really? It is, actually. It's probably just a shame you probably couldn't just... Well, you probably do get the chance to sample the odd uh, product as well, I'm assuming, when they come in into the uh, into the warehouse. Uh, be rude not to, Battle, yep. Just going to know what you're, uh, what you're buying and selling. So, That's exactly... Uh, yeah, there's a... There's a you haven't seen my office, but it's uh, it's pretty chocolate samples of wine and beers and all sorts of stuff. So, no, it's, it's a good gig, mate. Perfect job for you. Now, Jack, uh, I'll just quickly start with um, start with your junior days. You, you had six or seven years in, in Seagrove. Um, were you captain of the year? Like I was kept behind, like I was <laughs> dumb or something. Well, you're a couple <laughs> years behind me. You were six or seven years in Seagrove, like. Like it was a bad thing. Oh. Just... <laughs> now, were you captain of your C grade uh, in your last year or not? No, I don't reckon I was. Or I was, I might have been co-captain. I reckon I was vice-captain to Andy um, Wilson. Oh, okay. No, Andy Wilson was a year above me. No, Andy Wilson was one year, wasn't he? Yeah, Dave would have been maybe above you. Yeah, nah, because, yeah, Codlet would have captained... Yeah, no. Nah. I reckon Andy Wilson was captain. And I was vice captain. There you go. Oh, no, that's just ruin whatever I was just going to say about that. Because uh, anyway, what, what were you going with? I don't know. I actually don't know. I was just making all that up. But um, I guess before you moved to Melbourne for uni, uh, you uh, come through the ranks, probably more so in A reserve. And um, now I've got a couple of stories in A grade. 
one that or yeah. both that you know very fondly. Now, one one is you actually won a bowling average in A grade. Now you can confirm that in a moment, but I think most people want to know is how because you can't even get to the crease anymore. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not. Injuries have caught up with me to be fair, Beetle. No, I used to be okay back in the day, but uh, no, just bowling um, a little mediums, mate. Just keeping it nice and tight, and I think I was pretty lucky. We had some really good bowlers back then with Smed and uh, and uh, Jimmy O'Brien and the like. Uh, I was pretty lucky to 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 burgle a few out uh, at the other end, just trying to keep it tight. So um, yeah, that's how that came about. Now speaking of your little medium paces, you were fortunate enough to be on a hat trick one day uh, against Barker's Creek, I think it was, and I can't remember who the batsmen were. We we're actually talking about this the other day. But anyway, you're on a hat trick. One was Sean Smith. One was Sean Smith. I reckon Dave Simmons might have yeah. been another one. Um, I don't, yeah. But the hat trick ball, which I actually think might have been Ash Benstead from memory. Now the hat trick ball. Do you want to take us through that because that's probably one of your maybe not regrets, but that uh, could have really made your day. Well, I didn't do anything wrong, Beetle, as you know. <laughs> um, nah. So I got those two guys out. Where I was pretty stoked to get those. Um, well, first off, the first wicket, Sean Smith, who was a very good cricketer, smoked, I think it was like a full toss or a half volley into the covers. And I'm pretty sure it broke Sean Matson's finger, popped up in the air, and someone else has come around and uh, caught it. Uh, so I was pretty lucky to get that one. Then got super trying to go to the tonk, bowled him. Then had, like you said, it was some young kid, and he looked a bit nervous, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm half a chance here. And... I've bowled outside off stump, dug it in a little bit, found the edge, and uh, it's gone straight the first slip uh, to Shuey Dunn, who's a left-hander. It's hit him left pocket, so I'm, it's looped off, gone, oh, perfect. I've, I've got a hat-trick here, and it's gone straight down. And pretty happy-go-lucky. Like, I sort of laughed it off and didn't really care until about um, two minutes later at the end of the over when Chris Edwards comes up to me and says, now, you would know this, Jack, but there's, he just told me there's like five or six blokes or six or seven blokes that had ever taken a A-grade hat trick to the club. And ever since that, it just sort of started burning inside me. Uh, so it would have been nice to get one, but yes. Now, the perfect... For anyone that wants a sort of a, a... to see a similarity of it, Google Damien Fleming's hat trick ball versus India where Shane Warne dropped it because that was almost a spinning image. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, very, very similar. <laughs> yeah, so one that you'll never forget and one that I'll never forget, but I'll probably have a little bit more of a laugh than you about it. <laughs> now, yeah, Well, you're still getting a bowl, bowl mate. I'm not yeah. getting a bowl anymore. Uh, well, I we might... too many other chances of getting one. We might cover that a little bit later. Now, after you had a few years in A-grade, then decided to take on the captaincy of A-reserve. Now, I can remember one day, and I reckon you might have played in this too, lot. You decide, I think it was playing at Harcourt and we're going for an outright. And for some reason, A-grade wasn't playing, playing that day. So we were out there. Now, can you tell the listeners, you thought you'd be aggressive. You'd, you know, you'd go in, up, put a lid on under the batsman. But the thing was, you're actually out at deep square leg with a helmet on. Oh, can, can, you fill, can you fill in the listeners what your thought process was there? <laughs> Well, one, not great at Harcourt because you're looking straight down the pitch, so you see the maximum angle. 
But no, I was a couple of metres off the bat. You guys made, made a lot out of that. Yeah, mate, I was just trying to be aggressive. And um, it was to the... It was, it was to the fast bowlers as well. Someone was bowling reasonably quick, and I was just looking for one off the uh, clipped off the legs, mate. That's what I was looking for. Did you play in that one, Locke? Uh, it doesn't sound familiar to me. I reckon I might have been playing in a lower grade that week. But I remember this. I do remember hearing the story now that you mention it. Yeah, uh, let's be honest. You weren't a couple of metres off the bat, Jay, but you were at least at square leg. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> square leg? You're an idiot. <laughs> Jeez, that story. Every time you tell that story, further and further back, I always stood on the uh, stood on the boundary in ten years' time. Oh, you'll be in the you'll be at the Harcourt next next time. <laughs> now, yeah. you obviously, uh, you uh, went to uni and um, took a few years off from Muckleford. Now, in that time, you played uh, what was uh, you played some cricket, not with Maribyrnong Park, but you played um, some cricket called Last Man Standing, which is uh, a 2020, yeah, stands, yeah. 2020 competition involved with eight people. Um, and you played on, oh, you played, you mainly, or you played on some ovals, but you also played on the AstroTurf. And I think you're actually fortunate enough to win. Um, you're able to go, you won the Vic, Vic Champions, were you? Or tell us about that anyway. You know where I'm heading with that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so yeah, last man sounds a good competition. It's it's uh, it's an eighty man side um, comp, and you just play for a couple of hours on like sort of Sundays and stuff. Uh, they do some midweek stuff, but it's kind of good for blokes that uh, whether they've got families and stuff that can't commit to like proper full day cricket. So just been playing that with some mates down in Melbourne, and with that we're um, <clears throat> we're going okay and. I think it was like the Melbourne Champions League or something like that, where, you, where they combine all the, the winners of the different leagues, and we won that. And we, uh, I think we got uh, accommodation or travel or something to the Nationals. And it was in, I think it was in Canberra that year, so we got like accommodation and travel and stuff to uh, paid up to the Nationals, where we played uh, the best sort of last man standard team in, uh, in the uh, country. So, you know, it was really good. Now, I think you were ranked in the top... 500 in the world in that competition at some point with the batting. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. There's probably only 550 in the in the <laughs> in the world, but um, no, no. It was um, I was ranked uh, reasonably. I I'll tell you, Tim Richardson, who you would have played against uh, growing up, potentially Beetle. He uh, used to play for Barkers Creek. He was number one ranked batsman in the world at one point. So um, there you go. Yeah, I, well, I didn't know that. I knew he was fairly high up, but anyway, I've just learned something. Now <laughs> you didn't. Number one, yeah. There you go. Well, now you uh, you didn't. You don't just dabble in cricket. You've dabbled in a few other sports. So I'm just going to reel them off, uh, JB, because some of them are quite interesting. One, you <laughs> played so- soccer with Castlemaine. Now I can certainly yep. remember one game of soccer that we come and watched, and we actually turned on you that night. Uh, against Eagle Hawk up at Tom Flood. <laughs> Tell us about that, Dave. I feel like you turned on me. I feel like you turned on the team and you you took... You're a fair weather supporter. I'll give you that anyway. Well, the bloke that was kicking all the goals was uh, a little bit more receptive to our abuse uh, rather than the Castlemaine soccer team. <laughs> well, he enjoyed it because he went over and celebrated all three of his goals with you boys. So that, yeah. was, uh, that was really good. And to put that in perspective, there was three or four of us 
sitting in one little pocket with no one within Kuwi. And uh, old mate, instead of celebrating with his teammates, would come over and do the Timmy Carl and punch the flag and stuff like that. And we thought it was great. <laughs> There was about 150 people on the other side, and he just went and celebrated with you three boys. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> right. That was a very good night, that one. <laughs> now, you're also, you've also been you've been involved with a major sporting organisation. Tell us about that little role, uh, because it wasn't with cricket, uh, it wasn't with football or soccer, a, a different sport, a uh, bit of a... An unknown sport in Australia, certainly not not in America. But fringe? tell us about that. Fringe? Yeah, fringe um, is a good word. Well, I think you're talking about the Melbourne Aces. Certainly. Um, so I, I did uh, I did work for the Melbourne Aces, which is the Melbourne uh, side in the um, National Baseball League. So I worked for them for uh, a couple of years, getting things done. It was um, one of my sort of jobs out of uni. Oh, I think I started during uni. But that was a lot of fun, mate. That was, um, yeah, a lot of long hours and uh, got me involved in sport and uh, management and stuff, which is what I wanted to do at the time. And, yeah, I think I I think I think um, invited you boys along uh, one day and uh, sorted you out with some, uh, I think, a rigged site. To explain, I was um, doing all the sort of on-field promotions where they sort of do little games in between innings and stuff. And we had a few prizes and stuff to get, give away. And um, I think I'd set it up so the prize was going to be between you and Mark Valan. And it was like it was like a golf trip or something like that. Worth like, it was a trip away, I think. It was, it was a pretty reasonable prize. And I've just sort of handballed it to, to my two mates. So if anyone's listening from the Aces, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but uh, that, was, that was fully rigged. Yeah, well, <laughs> I certainly remember that, JB, for a couple of reasons. One, the pitcher with uh, Jared Millard, which um, pretend to throw a ball after Millsy had hurled some abuse at him. And Millsy absolutely, uh, his pants may have been filled after he pretended to throw the ball at him. Uh, there's also <laughs> another story, JB, which I won't go into because it's certainly this show is PG-rated and, and uh, that wasn't PG-rated. But I know you know... Uh, you know where I'm uh, going we, with this. Uh, we we met a minor celebrity who yeah. has, um, dabbled in uh, the dramatic arts. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. The other sport, JB, that I want to touch on, now this one is obscure, is you were the Victorian champion of rock, paper, scissors. Please fill us on the story about that and actually where you went to. <laughs> Yeah, no, so that was, um, I still got, believe it or not, I've still got that on the bottom of resume. Um, <laughs> as a bit of a conversation starter. Um, so that was, that was deep in my uni days, mate. And they, at the time, they, they were doing these things like rock, paper, scissors, and like air guitar and stuff. They'd set it up at unis and stuff and bars, and you'd go and like try and play air guitar or something like that. And if you like won that, they'd like send you to like this national sort of thing. It was like they did in all states. And um, I went to the pub one night at uni. They're like, oh, you want to do this rock, paper, scissors? We told them where to go because we're playing pool. And the guy's like, oh, if you enter, you get a free beer. So we entered. And then I kind of remember sort of coming to a little bit. And I was in the final against this bloke. Ended up beating him. And um, 
the guy that was emceeing, I wasn't really paying attention. I think it was like the match point because they do it like sets of tennis sort of up. And he was like, oh, this is a trip for trip to the Gold Coast or something like that. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, mate, you, this is like a paid trip to the Gold Coast. It's like, all right. So I beat that bloke. And, uh, yeah, they flew me up to um, the Gold Coast for rock, paper, scissors for the, uh, the national champs um, against all the other state winners, which was a bit bizarre. A nice little free holiday that I know a couple of the boys went up just to make it, just to really ram it home and make a good weekend of it, which I know you certainly did. Yeah, I think I got uh, a couple of tickets or something like that and took uh, Mark Villan and Sean Mapson up and uh, and another mate, Shannon, and we had uh, we made a nice sort of weekend of it. But the funny thing out of that was, Beetle, if you won that, like if you won that tournament, like the national one, they flew people over to Canada or something for it. It was a bit, it was a bit wild. So, but yeah, I got beaten by uh, some tall chicken. I don't know, I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah. Well, well, uh, so did you cool. did you not lubricate before that? Was that your problem? I was probably too sober. Yeah, that was my. I, I needed to be more drunk. It was a uh, it was a bit of fun, Beetle. It was an interesting time in my life, and um, yeah, one of those those strange little things that happen to you in life, mate. When you uh, when you get out of Castlemaine and, and try a few different things. Yeah, it is, it is important to get outside the 60K zone from time to time. I don't try and do that myself personally too much, but anyway. <laughs> now, you've uh, obviously, you love your cricket, but you probably enjoy the off-field stuff as well. Uh, is there any moments or memories you... Oh, I'm just saying you enjoy the off-field shenanigans, <laughs> especially the yeah. cricket trips and sure. things like that. Uh, is there any yeah. on-field or off-field moments that... You might like to share that you have playing with the club? Memories of playing the club. Oh, there's been some funny moments over the time, boarding-wise or like on the field sort of wise. I remember Jimmy O'Brien putting a six at uh, South uh, over by, if anyone knows, the um, the old school, the old hall there, the tort block there. So that was, was probably the biggest six I've ever seen hit. Um, so that was good. I suppose it's all those sort of moments around the club, whether it's training or after training or after games, just talking to the opposition and stuff. That's what I've always sort of enjoyed doing and being part of and stuff like that. So, Would it be fair to say you play cricket just for the cricket trips? <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't not be right. Um, <laughs> because yeah. you started your cricket trips at a very young age. You and I both went on a cricket trip to Barham. And we're both underage now. That was enlightening, to say the least, wasn't it? It was very much. I don't know how much I can say about that. Just <laughs> <laughs> the enlightenment that I uh, that I uh, witnessed or uh, happened to me. I remember you doing your your, your schoolwork or whatever um, on the on the car trip up because that was uh, your old man was uh, chaperoning us. Yes, it was my VCA year. Yep. Um, <laughs> I do remember Cole Lake breaking a, a window at uh, Barham Cricket Club, or Barham Golf Club, and I'm pretty sure there was no... We, we never paid for that, I don't think, from memory. Uh, no, we didn't. Right in front of all the members, too. <laughs> what, right in front of someone having their lunch, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Banked off, the, uh, <laughs> banked off the glass right in front of a nice couple having a, a nice Pinot Grigio out the front. Yeah, put it this way, Wog, it, it went... 90 degrees left from the tee. <laughs> <laughs> if, you've, 
if you've ever teed off from the first at Barham, you'll know what we're talking about. Oh, speaking of cricket trips, the 30 pot club, something I was pretty happy with, Beetle. That that was a nice uh, little uh, trip with, um, who was there, Mick Peckham and uh, Buzz, Millsy, um, Stewie Dunn, myself. Does that, um, does that go on the resume as well, Jack? No, no, that's... Uh, don't put that on the resume. <laughs> well, gee. Uh, but I am happy with that. No, I I, I do live for the cricket trips and the uh, after after work uh, stuff, after um, game stuff, mate. Yeah, I'm more of a social social player, as you know. Yeah, so, but you definitely uh, definitely can hold your own. There's there's no doubt about that. Now, Wog, I know you've got a couple of questions for JV. Yeah, just just a couple. Well, of, here we go. <laughs> Uh, just a couple of little quick ones. So a first one, um, this is a little bit of a flashback, and I'm not sure if you'll be able to remember this at all, Jack, um, but I've been going through the older MCC coaches' corners. Um, I've still got a couple of copies of those um, sitting in my kit bag. Anyway. Um, coaches' corners? Yeah, coaches' corners. They're like, these little, they're like these little brochures that used to get handed out at cricket training. Oh, is that when we did those little brochures? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've, oh, Drew, so, yeah. I've still, so I've got I've got quite a few different stories in here, but uh, one of the interesting ones that I see uh, was a quip from yourself at a game of cricket. Uh, Cole Lake went through for a quick single, and uh, you shouted out, "Well run, Eclipse," um, which which I thought I thought was quite humorous. I got a bit of a chuckle out of that, but I'm just I'm just wondering, uh, do you remember that day at all, and uh, where that come about? No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that particular moment. I do remember those little pamphlets we used to do with uh, little bits and pieces. Yes. Um, at the time, I remember we'll, we would have been calling Cole Eclipse because he just he was massive and he was blocking out the sun. Um, I don't know whether I was standing next to him in slip and the sun was on the right angle and it just sort of blocked me out for a bit or not, but um, I'm sure he wouldn't have enjoyed that nickname, uh, old Cole. Yeah, uh, um, no, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, so I've been going through this and just having a bit of a read, but there are quite a few bits and bobs in here which are quite interesting. Um, I might have to share with you, share them with you and refresh your memory at some stage about them. The other really? two, the other two questions that I did have, because uh, Brett covered a decent amount of the material that I was going to ask about anyway, um, was first oh, one was no, 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 it's fine. Um, I'm glad we we're covering these topics anyway because it, it sums up or uh, shows you know, what Jack's all about and what he's. Uh, had to do with the club over the years. Uh, so the first one was a memory that I wish I wish to reshare. Um, and you alluded to this a little bit, Brett, uh, earlier on in the podcast. And this was talking about the, one of our cricket trips. And this was uh, the Yarrawonga cricket trip. Now, young Jack got up there and uh, noticed that there was uh, another cricket club up there and decided to socialise with them for a little bit. Um, anyway, I, I won't go into the absolute in-depth of it, but pretty much it was, uh, was it about a food poisoning, Jack, uh, that sort of... Knocked you out for about a day and a half, and you were unable to participate in the rest of the cricket trip. Yeah, no, not quite that length. I do remember the reason uh, I was with Milvia thing at the time. We went into the pub because you guys must have been boring the hell out of us, doing didn't not want to do something. So we've popped in uh, in the morning for a, for a quiet ale uh, with the uh, Guildford boys, and um, next minute. Uh, uh, I was uh, under the weather, let me say. Uh, and then, yeah, I think I sort of came to uh, that evening just before someone was about to uh, shave my eyebrows off. So <laughs> the timing was pretty impeccable. Pretty impeccable. 
the only thing I had to do was scull a, a can of two years old or something oh. horrendous like that. Oh. But uh, no, uh, someone else's uh, eyebrows ended up uh, being shaved off instead. <laughs> uh, so that was uh, very fortunate. Yep. Uh, it's a, a terrific, terrific uh, description there, Jack. Um, yeah, very well told. Um, and my final question that I had was, um, during your time as an A, as a reserve skipper, uh, we knew that you uh, went far and wide to try and get the recruiting to Muckford and try and get many people to the club. Uh, one such recruit that you managed to uh, get on board was a fellow by the name of Michael Combin, um, or Combo, as we used to infamously call him. Uh, firstly, Combo, yep. uh, do you still keep in touch with Combo? Uh, what's he up to? And... Uh, uh, no, I've lost touch with a bit with Combo over the years, but um, I, I think he's well still sort of uh, keep a little bit of a tab with social media and all that. But uh, yeah, he didn't end up being uh, quite the recruit that I wanted uh, at the time. But um, you know, me mate, just being social, and I, I played uh, a couple of years of footy down in Foster in Gippsland with him. So uh, he was just returning me the favour by uh, providing us with his uh, cricket wares. Yep. Uh, down at Muckle, but unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't quite uh, didn't quite pan out. But uh, I think we were, we were partying too hard in those days, Wog. <laughs> no, well, um, yeah. If you, I, I went back and had a look at the micro stats, just have a bit of a gander to see uh, how Combo did fare at Muckleford and to say right, that it would it'd be under three. Yeah, he averaged around about three, and I think it was over about six or seven hits. So yeah, uh, <laughs> didn't set the world on fire. Reckon if you asked Huffy, he would know his average. To the fifth decimal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do. I know everyone makes fun of it, but we did play a, a pre-season game up in Melton or something like that. And um, this reasonably sharp bloke was bowling him. First nut, dug it in short, and he's creamed him for a six. For a six. And Michael Peckham was standing there next to me, and he just sort of looked at that and said, that was technically perfect. And that's... And this is this is pre-season. I was like, "Um, you beauty, we've got a number three here. We're going to be going to the going to the grand final. We're on here." Uh, unfortunately, quite it was downhill from there. <laughs> uh, no, it's been um, fantastic, nonetheless, Jack, because it, it still provides a great story even now, um, even these years now that he's uh, hasn't been with the club for quite a while. Um, but those that, those were the main those were the main stories that I had to share, Brett. Um, so I might hand you back to you. Yeah, look, we could uh, we could probably talk for another hour and a half, Wog, uh, about JB and um, some of the stories, but I'm sure JB's probably got other things uh, he's got to get get done tonight. Uh, one last thing before you go, JB, what's what's a what's a, a good reason uh, to play with Muckleford, and why have you stayed here so long? A good reason? Yeah. Um, oh, look, I've, um, I'm a local I'm a local guy. I'm a Muckleford man, but the reason, because I've obviously moved to Melbourne, I'm still living in Melbourne, but I've come back the last, I look it up for sort of five, six years now, um, as your dog gets disciplined in the background, Beetle. Um, <laughs> sort him out, will ya? Um, nah, the reason I, I keep coming back, like, the reason I play cricket, it's not really for, for the cricket, it is, but uh, it's more for the people you hang out with and the and the um, moment sort of during the game and after the game and, and that sort of stuff. And that's what I enjoy out of it. And Muckleford's a really good place for that. And sort of Cass Main's a good place for that as well. Like, um, you know, you know all the people you're playing against. So you, you build those sort of friendships and rivalries and stuff over time. And 
it's one thing I noticed when I was playing in Melbourne was you really sort of stuck to yourselves. You didn't really talk to the opposition at all. There was nothing uh, like that up there. And I really enjoy after games where you get to sort of sit down and, and talk to the other people and get a bit of a different perspective uh, on things and, and have a nice laugh and share some stories. So, yeah, I think Markfoot's a great place place for that and nice nice place to play your cricket and enjoy your time. Uh, very well said, JB. Anyway, mate, we might uh, let you go off into the night. Um, we thank you for joining us on Fight FM, and uh, we hope to see you have a cracking final series coming up. Looking forward to it. Thanks, gents. Appreciate your time. Jack Barker, everyone. We might take a very short break and come back and wrap up the show right after this. Welcome back to Fud FM, everyone. Uh, what can you say about that interview, Wog? That was uh, enjoyable. Yes, very much so. Um, if we had if we had some more time on our hands and probably a couple of more of extra beers, we could have gone into some uh, wide-range conversations with Jacko. And um, in a different setting, it definitely goes to different topics. But no, it's always brilliant to chat to Jack. Um, he's a very well-learned individual, so he's got some uh, good topics that he can um, happily talk about. And, uh, yeah, always always good to chat with him. Yeah, you brought it, brought it up off air. Uh, you showed a little picture of his work at the Aces when he was at the Melbourne Aces uh, lock. And uh, yes. it's fair to say this photo just encapsulates <laughs> who Jack is, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like to know what the contract was with the Melbourne Aces and, and what added benefits there were um, as a bit of a side. Because uh, if this picture shows uh, what the benefits are about, oof, sign me up for the Melbourne Aces. Oh boy. Yes, me too. <laughs> anyway, no. Look, we thank Jack for his time, and um, yeah, we hopefully have another guest next week, uh, just as entertaining. Now, Wog, uh, the favourite sub- segment of Fud FM is Fud Watch. Do do do. Yes, that's, that's the stinger at the moment. We'll mm. work on that on the off-season. Now, can't do Sammy Quinn watch this week because poor old Sammy was stuck in stuck at home like the rest of us. Mm. But there was a young individual did actually play a game of cricket uh, last week. Now, that young individual would be Darcy McCrossy, who is obviously playing with Kensington uh, in the South Australian Cricket Association Premier League. So what he plays g- in the ones over there. What a game. Oh, well, what a game. Well, if, oh. if that's... I know the game you're referring to, but we've got to start on the sad day, Wog, because yeah, okay, wasn't the uh, wasn't the greatest on sad day. Uh, Kensington uh, at a bat and uh, Das coming in at number seven as he as he does uh, made a I think it was a seventeen ball duck. I'm just oh. bringing up the score now. I'm just on Woodville's innings. Uh, yeah, a seventeen ball duck at seven. So they were in all sorts at seven hundred and sixteen. Wog, how many do you reckon they made? Two hundred. No idea. 288. As you do. Uh, with their number nine, Elliot Opie, who's their captain as well, just peeling off 113 off 102 pills. So, <laughs> fair bit of depth in that team when he's just peeling off 100. It's not the first time he's done it this year as well. Yeah, right. uh, now, in that team of Darces uh, is Alex Ross, not the Guildford variety, but Alex Ross of the Sydney Thunder variety, or as you like to call him, Wagga. Sweepologist. The sweepologist, yep. And a bit of Dan Worrell, who played with uh, Melbourne Stars last year. I think he played with the, the Striders this year, Well, 
Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yes, swing yes. bowler. Used and be, uh, used to be called mutton chops. Yes, or, or Frankie, uh, as he's well known. <laughs> and one of your favourites, uh, Wagga, in Lloyd Pope. Uh, oh, the yes. Leg, the, oh, the red yes. leg spinner. So. Yes. He's, he's in some pretty esteemed uh, company, and there's a couple of others that have also played for South Australia in that team as well. But they're three uh, big ones. But no good on Saturday to Wog, but they made 288 and Woodville at none for 45 in return. I did watch a little bit of that Wog, uh, a little bit green, that Wigget. So to get 288, not too bad. Yeah, right. Now, he was fortunate enough to play on Sunday as well in the grand final of the one-day cup against Adelaide University. Now, I think both of these two teams are on top of the ladder in the overall, and uh, not heated rivals, but certainly rivals nonetheless. Now, I'm just going to read some names for Adelaide University. So I've read Kensington. So, as I said, Worrell, Pope, and Alex Ross were in uh, his team. Now, with Adelaide University, well, have a listen to these names. You've got Wilbur Zisto, who has played for WA, I think. Yes. Uh, in Shield Cricket and One Day Cricket. Open the batting with Jake Weatherold, who plays in the Strikers, the left-hand... Um, what would you call it? Pocket rocket. Hits the ball yeah. very cleanly. Yes. You've got uh, Big Wes Agar, who played with the Strikers in South Australia. Yeah. Uh, bowls relatively sharp. Uh, and Nick Winter, who I think has played a couple of games with uh, South Australia as well. So they were playing for university. So they batted first at Karen Rolton Oval, which is, I think, is like their number two oval in South Australia. So a bit like the Junction Oval. It's cross um, road. It's cross road from the hospital. In the centre of the oh, yeah. Wouldn't have, a, wouldn't have a clue where it is, but nice sort of facility that. They purposely built that for the women's cricket, so hence named after Karen Rotten. But anyway, Adelaide University made 280, so Kensington had to make 281 uh, to win. Now, it was a day-night game too, Wog, and must admit we uh, we tuned in as soon as Dars come in. <laughs> well, no, we actually watched it a bit beforehand because Alex Ross went absolutely nuts and made 114 of 112 pills, hit the ball very cleanly. Got dropped. Uh, did he? Oh, he yeah. Did too early, didn't he? Yeah. Sweeping. Would you believe? Yeah, yeah. So, so Darcy came in at four for 234, so 47 to win off about seven or eight overs, I reckon. wasn't might have been eight or nine overs. Certainly. It was about a run of ball for the best part, yeah. the later part of the innings. So we certainly, there was you and I and Timmy Cosgriff and I think Johnny might have been in there as well, watching on uh, on YouTube. I even saw Braden yeah. Wright sneak in there and have a bit of yes. a clip on the uh, comments, a cheeky bugger. Did too. I did tell you and watch it as well. Did I see that? In, anyway. Now, young Das uh, has made 21 not out, including pinching a bye to win the game. Now, <laughs> he's pinched a bye. He just said, no, bugger, we're running. <laughs> so, big congratulations to you, Das. A uh, couple of nice shots. There was... Uh, a lap sweep off or a, a, a ramp off someone, but there was also another ramp wog uh, off Wes Agar. Now, for those that don't follow Big Bash or Shield Cricket, Wes Agar bowls at about 135, 140 clicks. So, Darcy turned 18 last week, so happy birthday, Darcy. Takes a fair bit of guts to uh, ramp someone bowling that quick, and uh, I think uh, we've seen, we've got footage of it, so anyone wants to see that, we might put it up. Yeah. But uh, very cheeky for him, the young yeah. fella. Audacious. <laughs> very. So congratulations, Dars, uh, on your one-day victory. Um, Pete, his father, took uh, quite a number of photos for Kensington. So if you want to have a look at that, or you can just jump onto YouTube and uh, maybe have a look at Dars' innings. Uh, he batted very well given the situation. So he was facing, yeah, some, 
some reasonably hostile bowling. So, Kuni Das, no doubt there's bigger things to come with you with Kensington as they sit, I think, first or second on the ladder. So, that's fun watch this week, Wog, which then leads us into Supercoach. Mm, boy, oh boy. Excitement, excitement, isn't it just? And for those that don't know, we are doing a Markleford Supercoach League, uh, which is fantasy football for those uh, unaware of it. If you would like to be involved or would like to be part of the league, please get in contact with yours truly. I have the league code, so I'll gladly hand it out to anyone would, would like to participate. We've got 14 numbers so far. We do have a, I have sent a text out for a 15th number, uh, but they have not uh, applied or got into the league yet, which is strange. The numbers are filling up fast. If you do wish to uh, t- take up the extra spots uh, for this, for the Premier League as it is, please well, let not, me know. Not really Premier when you've got someone dragging the train in, uh, in position 18 every year. So maybe we should cut it back to 16 then really do have a Premier League uh, and have a bit of relegation promotion. Anyway. <laughs> just casting out a little bit more bait there, Brett. You just, yeah, can't, we, you just can't help yourself. Yeah, no, well, there we go. <laughs> anyway, Rob, Rob, we might move on to the previews of this week. There's some uh, pretty important games going on. Yep, just before we do that, Brett, um, I will Ooh, just... I'll raise the stubby holders just before we go Sorry. further. There has been a delay in the shipment of the stubby holders due to a uh, clerical error by our supplier. Um, <laughs> they mucked up. They've acknowledged it, and they're sending out new ones ASAP. Um, so if you would like a stubby holder, please get in touch with me. There will be $5 uh, per stubby holder. So, yeah, get in touch with me and make, make it known to me that you would like a stubby holder. Will um, the other stubby holders go on sale, Wog? Uh, the other stubby holders might go into a burn pile because they look a little bit too similar to another cricket club. So we don't want that. Um, we're Muckleford Cricket Club, not another cricket club. So we're going to uh, put them into the deepest, darkest corner of hell um, and lock them up for all eternity and forget about they ever, ever existed. So, uh, we, yes, those first round of stubby holders never happened, never existed. Maybe we can sell them on eBay. Yeah, right. <laughs> might, get a, might, get a, might get a back rubber up playing card with a smear of peanut butter on it for him. Okay, on that note, Brett, we will move into the previews now. Uh, so this upcoming week, uh, so ladies aren't playing. Uh, Seagrove Seagro playing this weekend, Brett? Yes, they certainly are. It's their final day of their home and away season. Uh, yep. Okay, um, I don't have that up in front of me. Um, so I'll quickly go into the senior grades, Brett. I've got the C grade if you want, Mog. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind just quickly going into so- there is permutations with both of these games this week in terms of position number two in pool A. So, Castlemania United, it's a one-day fixture, so 20 overs. Not a T20 game, although it is 20 overs, but it is a one-day fixture. Castlemania United take on Muckleford United at, at uh, the Western, so nice and dry down the Western at the moment, although the recent rain has greened up a little bit. So, I say this has got permutations because Castlemania United sit a game... Uh, behind Muckleford, not Muckleford United. So we really need Muckleford United to do a bit of a favour and roll Castlemaine United to assure a berth for Muckleford. So that's at the Western. And then the other game that has obviously final permutations is Muckleford and Newstead, uh, which also Newstead need to win to give themselves a chance of playing in the finals. And our guys certainly have to win, uh, guys and girls, sorry. Um, have to win as well. So, New said sit third in Pool B. Uh, Muckwood sit in second in Pool A. United, Muckwood United are fifth in Pool B and Castlemaine United third in Pool A. So, very much finals permutations uh, involved in those two games. So, 
good luck to the uh, guys and girls that are playing this week. Hopefully, Muckle United could get off the bottom of the ladder and hopefully Muckle can uh, sneak into second position and take on Hepburn next week. Right, so I, the matches that I do have in front of me um, are the senior ones. Uh, so B grade first up, uh, B grade are playing Newstead at Maps and Timmins. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, interesting. It uh, doesn't happen that often, so it'll be a good opportunity for the uh, B grade guys to play at Maps and Timmins Oval. That should be a good match. Uh, Newstead will be wanting to win that match uh, based on their ladder position as well because... Uh, no, they're not. They're on the bottom of the ladder. That's fantastic. <laughs> I've started well. I've started so well with this, Brett. This is great. They just want to get off the bottom of the ladder. Let's just go with that. Um, Muckleford won't want to lose. They just they just want to keep winning, build themselves into finals. Finals is only a couple of weeks away now, so they'll definitely won't want to come into finals with a sour taste in their mouth from a loss like this. So uh, it's pretty much just business as usual for the B grade guys. Uh, win the match. B grade will host a final. Uh, and we'll go in as a number one seed too, well, in case of weather. So, yeah, they've they've wrapped up top spot. Terrific, so. effort, terrific effort by Barry Grades. Congratulations to them for that. Uh, yeah, wonderful effort. Uh, right, let's let's see. If, I wonder if I can go to the next match, Brett, and hopefully not muff this one up. Um, so, A Reserve have the bye. Oh, outrageous. Uh, a Reserve will be having a a, uh, hence, a bye. Hence why B Grade are down at Maps and Timmins. Yep, that should be good for your A-Reserve guys. Have a bit of a week off. Um, hopefully, some of the A-Reserve boys will be able to get up and uh, watch A-Grade to play uh, th- their match on Saturday, uh, which I'll go into right now. A-grade. Is there a vehicle vehicle that might be going up there, Wog? Possibly. There might be a Fudmobile uh, or two that might be um, making their way up to uh, Maiden Gully. So if you wish to be part of that, just get in touch with someone at the club, probably <laughs> Jack or Trevor, I don't know. One of those guys, um, but there might be it might be a decent sized vehicle making the trip up, which should be a good bit of fun. Um, on that note, we'll move to A grade. A grade are playing Maiden Gully at Marist College Bendigo, so you'll get to uh, experience the uh, turf wicket of Marist College once again, Brett. Uh, just to see see if you can uh, hopefully come away with a victory this time around. Uh, pretty pretty important game for a A grade, just to tr- see if they can uh, try and uh, cement a, or cement second place. Uh, I can't see them. Chasing down Barkers Creek from here. Barkers Creek looked like they got the top spot pretty much sewn up. With the with two sides uh, nipping at their heels in third and fourth position in Newstead and Castle Maine, uh, A-grade won't want to lose this one. No, uh, and especially we still don't know too much about Maiden Gully as well uh, because, I mean, yeah, we had a T20, but that wasn't their full team, nor did we play our own uh, full team. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, the final, the four in A-grade is set. Just in not sure what the order will be, as you mentioned, Barkers will more than likely finish top, um, just because yeah they're a game ahead of us in second. Um, Main Gully's lay last game, so they've got pride to play for. They'll want to finish off on a good note, no doubt. Now, A grade, the permutations from last week uh, was Castle Main uh, probably got six points at, if judging on ladder position. Uh, they may not have got. So that hurt us a little bit considering we played Castlemate in the final game. On the flip side, uh, Newstead only received six points on when, you know, looking at the ladder, they may have got uh, got the full 12. So because we didn't receive any points last week due to the bye, we are six points clear of Newstead and Castlemate. Now, Newstead play uh, Barkers Creek this week, so that's important, and I think they finish off with North Castlemaine, who they traditionally struggle with up at North, whereas Castlemaine play 
North Castleman this week at the camp and then us in the final round at home. So this is massive for A-grade. If we can win this, we'll not finish lower than third, I wouldn't think. But with the way the format, finals format is this year, if you can sneak into the top two and get basically a free crack at Barkers in that on that first Saturday, uh, that's what you want to set yourselves up for so you can have the buy on Sunday and brush yourself up for the following uh, for the grand final. So... Huge game, huge, huge, huge game. What I will say uh, is to anyone that is going up to Maiden Gully, if it's by this transportation that I'm not really, I'm a little bit in the dark with, uh, probably is a fair reason why, bring a foldable chair because there is no seating at Marist College or very limited seating, um, and we might even take another marquee as well just to put up. But, yeah, if, if you want a seat, bring your own foldable seat. Good stuff. And, it's, and the other thing, it's meant to be quite warm on Saturday and there is bugger all shade at Morris College. So hence why we will take those <laughs> marquees. Yes. And uh, for, for all those playing at home, slip, slop, slap, stay safe. That's it. Uh, yeah. So that that's uh, those are the senior matches. Brett, uh, I will quickly just jump on to the uh, under-13s. They're also playing over the course of various dates. Um, so that's Casman versus Muckleford at the old Muckleford. Uh, Grand North Muckleford, and then uh, the following week will be on the 24th. There's uh, two matches, doubleheader. It's uh, Newstead and Muckleford 2 at Newstead, and then uh, Muckleford 1 and North Castlemaine at Old Muckleford 2. Get around to those games if you can. I know the Muckleford 2 team's going pretty well, uh, speaking to D. I think they one. Of, I think they play with 8 or 9 every week, but uh, been winning most of their matches, D says. So he says they love it. Only playing, if I like playing one or two short because means I get an extra bowl or an extra bat. So good on the loads. I don't know how Matt's teams go, Matt McGeckron's teams, but hopefully kids are enjoying it. And, um, yeah, I might move into the under-16 section. So that's, they're the match previews for the week, Brett. Good luck to all teams on the weekend. Uh, hopefully we can all come away with some points. Sounds good, Bob. Now, speaking of social, uh, do you want to give them a bit of a plug? Uh, yeah, sure can. Uh, so we have a Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash MuckleVidsDC. We have a Twitter page run by uh, the sage, the oracle, the wisest, wisest of them all, twitter.com slash MuckleVidsCC. There's been a lot of content being posted up on that page recently, Brett, um, so very much worth having a bit of a gander out and a bit of a look if you are. Uh, want to learn the inner, de- inner workings of the universe. We also have our website, muckleford.vic.cricket.com.au. And we also have the team app, which is available on uh, Google Play of the Android device or uh, the Apple Store uh, iOS devices. Uh, so you download that app, look for Muckleford Cricket Club and hit subscribe and keep up to date with all the happenings around the club through any of those various social channels. Uh, we also have this page, this Spotify page. If you could please give us a like or a follow, that would be hugely appreciated. Uh, this ship hasn't gone up that much in the last couple of uh, days, Brett, but uh, in saying that, it's a, it's a patience game that we're playing this one, so uh, it's not as if we're in any, any hurry to take over the world. As I said, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, and uh, in this case, neither was Muckleford. Uh, we uh, obviously haven't cracked the uh, Cook Islands market just yet, uh, Locke. <laughs> No, no, definitely not. Uh, so, yeah, if you could if you could give us a like on those social platforms, that would be very hugely appreciated. Uh, we also, the 
the podcast is also available on other podcast uh, streaming services as well. So it's not just Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, Castbox. Uh, there's a bunch of various other ones that it gets streamed out to. So it's not as if we're we're localizing ourselves just to Spotify. But uh, yeah, get around it. Drive to to and from work. Just whack the podcast on and catch up with the latest. What's going on? All right. Well, that nearly about brings us to the end of another show. Uh, of FUD FM, uh, not too many to go, which some may say is not a good thing. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a bit of a break after this. Have you got any final thoughts you want to share, Wog, before we wrap up? Uh, there'll be there'll be one individual who's our number two, I mean our now number three fan. Oh, um, not but, even in the top ten now. Oh boy, um, he will be he will be most disappointed when this podcast wraps up because he uh, religiously listens on a on a Friday morning, so it'll be a shame for him. But uh, yeah, it's, it's as, as enjoyable as the podcast is. It takes it takes a lot of time in your hands and um and can certainly have uh, certainly be exhausting at times. But uh, we still we still certainly enjoy it and. I appreciate all the kind words that everybody gives us uh, for when we do this podcast. Well said. All right, then. That might wrap us up for a, another show. That's been Lock and Cole Flat. My name's been Brett Cole, and this has been another Fight FM podcast. <laughs>